Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the, the podcast that loves you, the podcast where fascinating people meet. I am your host, your spiritual advisor and groove mistress, Madam Perry, but you don't have to call me Madam, you can call me Jennifer, Jen, J.P. Perry. I am just delighted to be here and glad you are too, and as always, very excited about our guest. So just to, just to wrap up a few things that have happened recently, um, you know, Michael Sterto, guitarist for, well, you probably know him from Lou Graham and uh, Foreigner and so forth, has been on tour with Guess Who and their new album, Plain de More. And, you know, he was on the show, oh, gosh, it might have been two two months ago, two or three months ago about the tour. So um, they're doing great. They're having a good time. If you haven't got Plain de More, they want to know what you think of it. And definitely get out and see them because they are having a great time. Also, coming up soon, we have uh, I'm going to have some makers from the steampunk conventions I've been going to, and uh, Milton Davis, um, Zigzag Claiborne, Liana Renee Heber, some great authors like that. Also, you know, we also hit about a year ago uh, or two ago. Arden Marine, who you may know if you've followed her for a while from Mad TV, also from um, Insatiable on Netflix and The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and she should be back in a couple of months here on the show. So we're just very excited about all the guests, what they've been doing, what's coming up, and that you're following them. Oh, also, don't forget Kazan Sultan, uh, bass player, uh, one of our favorite guests. He's been on here a few times. He was on the road with the Gilmore Project. Then he was on tour with All You Need Is Love, which was a Beatles tribute, and Michael DeBar, a musician, actor, and radio host on Little Stevens Underground on Sirius, and also a previous guest on the show, Michael DeBar. They was also a part of All You Need Is Love. Michael DeBar, even though he's a musician, and you may know him from uh, Power Station, and Silverhead, he was the, the narrator on some of those shows. But anyway, Kaz is going to be out again with Todd Rundgren, so don't miss Kaz. So tonight's guest, this is so exciting to find out about uh, tonight's guest. You know, I've been doing nothing like this subject, but I've been presenting uh, talks about uh, – Scientists, uh, female scientists from the 19th century and prior to that, as well as how NASA is using ideas from steampunk, steampunk days and uh, inventions to help them create a rover for Venus, the hard V, the hybrid automaton uh, rover for Venus 
that will be able to withstand the the, uh, the heat and conditions of the atmosphere. So I love having people to, so I can learn about science and spirituality and different things from. And tonight we are really, really lucky. Our guest tonight is a philosopher, linguist, historian, and author of the award-winning First Souls Trilogy. It's a spiritual fiction series uh, that approaches the multiverse theory through the twin lenses of quantum physics and ancient spiritual wisdom. Um, oh, which he also does that in his uh, latest nonfiction, nonfiction book, which is Quantum Spirituality. And rather than me try to talk about it and explain it, let me introduce you and welcome our guest, Peter Canova. Peter, welcome to Madame Perry Salon. Well, thank you. So nice to be with you tonight. It's absolutely delightful for me as well. Uh, it's hard to know. It's, it's, it's one of those things that's hard to know where to get started. It's like the most fabulous banquet you've ever been to. Where do I get started with this guest? So first of all, uh, let me just say quantum spirituality is something that's rather just the idea of that. It's very new to me. So um, I would like if you could just give us give us the first a definition or an idea of what that means. How would you describe it? And then let's talk some more. Well, I can describe it in a couple of different ways. Uh, it's the merger of ancient spiritual wisdom with quantum physics because they're really saying the same thing. Uh, ancient spiritual traditions like the Gnostic uh, tradition literally predicted almost every major theory of modern quantum physics today, such as the Big Bang, parallel universes, the God particle, energy matter conversion. But quantum spirituality is also a guide for people who are on a spiritual journey and who are looking for more knowledge about reality, about how our world may work, and really about the genesis of creation of our whole world, the human being, what are we? What are we doing here? What's our purpose here? It uses two reference points. Instead of just writing a book on quantum physics, which a lot of people would probably tear their hair out and walk away from, <laughs> or reading a book about ancient spiritual wisdom, which, again, sometimes could put a lot of people to sleep, what I've really tried to do <laughs> is use both of those disciplines to create kind of a roadmap for people who are on a spiritual journey or a journey to acquire more wisdom. But I use two reference points instead of just a single one, actually more than two reference points because the book also involves psychology, neurobiology, and other things. But the two major disciplines are ancient spiritual traditions and quantum physics. And just like any other roadmap, you want to have at least a couple of reference points, so north and south, latitude and longitude, um, because that really creates a kind of arena when you connect the dots rather than just approach it from one point of view, you know, like I could sit here and spout a lot of spiritual aphorisms or I could load people up with a lot of, uh, you know, quantum information. But when you kind of put them together, it really creates an arena of knowledge that starts to connect dots and really help people understand what the world is about. And that's, uh, I guess that's the best way I can describe it. Very interesting uh, to talk about the merging of two of different things. Um, and as I understand, uh, you you merge modern science and ancient wisdom, um, exploring principles, of, as you said, of Gnosticism and how they describe theories of quantum physics. But 
let me ask you this. Since you mentioned in that same breath, you know, the uh, Big Bang parallel universe, holographic universe theory, and Einstein's relativity, do you think that people as a whole and maybe of, of different generations are more mentally and maybe emotionally or philosophically uh, tuned in to learning about this and listening and learning. And I'm saying that because of some of the different um, TV shows and movies and books that are popular and meeting people um, as I do, as we all do, uh, from different generations and backgrounds. It just seems like there's been such an opening of consciousness of people to not only be open to learning new ideas, but just have a, a, a hunger for it. Well, it's very interesting because in the second book of my trilogy, the First Souls trilogy, it concerns Mary Magdalene. And we know from the Gnostic Gospels that were recovered in Egypt in 1945, it was actually Mary Magdalene that was the primary disciple of Jesus. And she understood the very radical nature of his teachings, which have very little to do with what the modern church has handed us down today. And it was part of the suppression of uh, the early female leaders of the church and the feminine intuition that was the gateway to spirituality in that age that we lost when uh, these things were suppressed. So one of the failures in in the book, Mary Magdalene fails in her age to convey the message that uh, Jesus was teaching after the resurrection, but she returns in a later age to do it because that generation, that later age, is more ready to understand and receive the knowledge. So I guess the answer to your question is yes, I believe exactly what you said. I do believe that we progress in a spiral, perhaps, not in a straight line, but we progress in a spiral, a few, you know, few steps forward, a step back, but we, we're moving up uh, in terms of understanding. And I also think the main thing that I have really seen is more of a receptiveness to the intuitive side of our natures as opposed to the logical and analytical uh, way of thinking that characterizes or colors the modern world. So that's a big change that I have noticed in the last probably 15 years or so. Now, talking about your book, um, the the second book in the First Souls trilogy, uh, about a novel of Mary Magdalene, is that why it's called The Thirteenth Disciple, the title of your book? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, the the first little trilogy itself uh, is really about it's a it's a spiritual thriller. It's a geopolitical spiritual thriller. And it's about the first souls to incarnate into material existence. And they keep reincarnating over different critical epochs of human history when humanity is either going to evolve or sink back into darkness. So the, the book was written in sort of Star Wars fashion in backwards order. The very first book is called Pope Annalisa about an African nun that becomes uh, the first female pope at a time when America and Iran are going into a nuclear war. And then from there, it goes back to biblical times in the second book, describing an earlier incarnation of these souls. And then the third book, The Light of Distant Suns, is sort of the book of origins when the souls, when spirit consciousness first descended from a higher state into the earth plane. And it describes this sort of Atlantis-like civilization, uh, brilliant civilization, but eventually this uh, vicious civil war, they end up destroying themselves um, between those who really have completely fallen under the sway of materialism and those who still remember their spiritual origins. So it's a, it's a real saga of 
it's really our story. It's the evolution of the human soul. Wow. Let me ask you, Peter Canova, have you, I mean, the, the whole concept of this and, and the layer, I mean, comparing it to the Star Wars, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, I, and it helps me to see it even uh, more clearly. But did you, I mean, I see your background as a international businessman, um, historian, linguist, but did you have a background or training in writing? Because this is just pulled together so beautifully. No, I never really had any formal background in training and writing, but I was just, I always liked to write. I, I seem to have just, uh, you know, an, an intuitive knack for, for writing. And, uh, of course, writing and storytelling are two different things. Some people can write certain things well but can't tell stories. But I, um, the, the result, the, I, I guess the, the storytelling part of my writing really had to do with experiences that I had when I'm in my 20s that, um, you know, were very profound spiritual experiences, which led me on a different path than my business career and caused me to go into uh, this whole um, sort of second career of, of, of writing and exploring matters of, of consciousness and uh, the way that reality works and human origins and things like that. So that was really born from direct experiences that I had. And that was my motivation uh, for writing and coming up with the stories that I came up with. It sounds like, it, even though you didn't actually plan for it or study to do it or whatever, but it seems like somehow it's, it's a natural progression for you. I fell into right. it. <laughs> in truth, I, I kind of <laughs> fell into it. Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't planned at all. Uh, like I say, when you know, when I first had these experiences, I found out that I was a very accurate medical intuitive, and then I started having clairvoyant, clairaudient, premonition, remote viewing, all these phenomena that were happening. And when I put the disbelief aside, and I, I put my rational mind on the back burner, and I let my intuitive part of myself come forth. Uh, I uh, I accepted what was happening, but being a Capricorn, I still wanted to understand the nuts and bolts of it. So I started. So I, you know, I, I wasn't just content to sit down and have these experiences. I want to understand well what the heck is behind me. So that's when I started pursuing a study of ancient spiritual traditions, and eventually that led me into quantum physics. And the nexus there is that both ancient spirituality and quantum physics essentially have to do with uh, you know three or four things: uh, light, energy matter and also now uh, consciousness because <laughs> the spiritual tradition encompassed the whole idea of consciousness way back when which is science is just now starting to come around and understand how the role of consciousness may uh, be involved in the projection of reality as we know it would you mind if i back up just a bit there and ask you about um, becoming a medical intuitive and then discovering these mm -hmm. other uh, gifts you have that's something I have never heard of very often, except for, you know, someone like Carolyn Mays talking about it. How did that feel when you first uh, could express uh, an opinion about someone's medical situation? Well, it was surprising. I mean, I remember <laughs> the very first case that I I had. Um, uh, it was uh, – they all – we, we – we were actually almost like in a classroom type setting and sitting opposite a person with an index card that had the information about the person who had a problem. 
and all they were allowed to give us was the name, age, and address of the person. They could not give us any more information. Um, they would ask us some questions, and if we got the questions right, they would say, yes, I have that information here. If they didn't have the information, they were only allowed to say, um, you know, I'm sorry, I don't have that information. They couldn't say, no, you messed up. <laughs> that would obviously throw a, throw a, throw a damper on your your butt your you know your budding intuitiveness. So um, anyway, uh, I remember the first case I had was an elderly gentleman down in Miami, and uh, I saw his heart. I was like a these are like pictures in my mind or images. Um, I saw his heart tilted at a funny angle, which led me to believe that there was a blockage in his aorta. It was pinched off, and I said he has a blockage in his aorta, and they said that's correct. And they said, what else can you tell tell us? And I said, well. He has something that looks metallic down on the bottom quadrant of his heart, so I think he had a pacemaker installed. And they said, that's correct. What year was the pacemaker installed? I saw the hands of a clock moving around furiously, and all of a sudden they stopped dead at uh, 10 o'clock. And to me, oh. that indicated 10 years early, earlier. So I said, so I said, okay, he had the pacemaker installed in 1965. And they said, yes, that's, that's correct. And then from there, I went on to, you know, pretty accurately diagnose, um, you know, all these other medical cases I had. And I did that for quite a while. But like Carolyn Mason, most other people that do uh, medical intuitive work, you, you kind of burn out on it after a while. So I, I, I stopped doing that some years back. Mm, I see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, very, very interesting there. I can't imagine what that felt like. Uh, uh, that kind of information coming to you. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, I would like to read a couple of the uh, reviews you've had. Not only the editorial, but a few others uh, that you've had from people about quantum spirituality. Sure. One, of course, Bernie Siegel, Dr. Bernie Siegel, author of No Endings, Only Beginnings, and Three Men, Six Lives. He says, quantum spirituality stirs me in a special way. I love Peter's concepts relating to the mysterious and mystical aspects of life. It resonates with my own experience. It is a pleasure for me to see the remarkably incisive knowledge that Peter has crystallized in quantum spirituality to help us see and accept the true underlying nature of life, please read it and let it become a part of your life experience too. Now that is, of course, Dr. Bernie Siegel, you know, who most everyone knows. But then I thought there's a little place further down, and this is on the Amazon page of interviews, where uh, these are people who, who you wouldn't know unless you maybe they're popular um, interviewers on I mean reviewers here, but a couple of these said and, and let me find some of my favorites. Uh, Mr. Canova covers a lot of ground in only 230 pages. It is fairly easy reading for such a complex topic. And, you know, it's small, it's simple, but it's still essentially someone saying the same thing. That's a lot of material as well as the um, person in the first one that says, five stars, this book is amazing. And that's all. They're not going to put anything else in there. So <laughs> it's like, this is it. Well, I, I was also fortunate enough to have James Redfield, who is probably one of the best, is one of the best-selling authors of all time. You might know the Celestine Prophecies. 
um, who did the forward for the book. And, uh, yeah, the, the book created quite a stir when it first came out. It became an instant Amazon bestseller. And a lot of people, um, both, you know, names that you would recognize and, and, and just people who are avid readers like some of the um, – uh, the reviewers that you cited on the Amazon site came out very much in support of the book because it really, if you read it, it really is a tour de force of creation. It really helps you understand where we came from, how the universe operates, what the purpose is of a human being, where we came from, where we're headed, what our destiny is. It answers all the deepest questions in ways that most people find very plausible. Now, you don't have to believe everything that's in the book, but what I think it does is that it connects so many dots and gives such a profound landscape of knowledge that forces people to really think about things that when people take it seriously and they incorporate this into their own meditation practice or their own course of study in their spiritual journey, it gives them a boost of, you know, kind of light years ahead of the game. And I think, like I say somewhere in the book, that we all have a choice. We can live in the basement or live in the penthouse. If you live in the basement, uh-huh. well, you can certainly survive and lead a, lead a normal life and everything else. But wouldn't you rather be in the penthouse where you can take in the full panorama of life and understand more about what's going on? And to the extent that you do understand what is going on and what other dimensions and underlying realities come beneath ours, you have that much more control over your life and your life becomes that much more meaningful. Mm, yeah. Um, and how beautifully put. Um, and since you mentioned James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy, let me just uh, read his, his uh, a, a portion of his editorial review, which is this ambitious and fascinating book is a succinct message to us all. Quantum spirituality outlines a journey critical for our evolution and could accelerate our awakening. Peter Canova seeks to resolve some of the most rivalrous debates in history. And that's a pretty big thing. (laughs) That's a pretty big reference. Uh, Those over the true meaning of human life and spirituality. Wow. So, um, yeah. Well, what what I was really, what, what I was really pleased about in some of the, what you just said about James and another review you read was, The hardest task for me was taking something as difficult to understand as quantum physics and as difficult to understand as the ancient Gnostic text and Mm. synthesize them and put them in a way that was brief to the point but understandable to people. Because if you read these texts in their original, which I did, I read them in the original Greek, but even if you read them in the English translations, it takes years of study in order to be able to understand what they're really saying, because you have to put them in historical context. Otherwise, a lot of the stuff in there is just not going to have meaning to you. On the other hand, quantum physics, as you may suspect, can get very, very um, difficult to grasp. And, And the truth of the matter is, that everything in the quantum world, which is what our our world is built on, is completely opposite of what you think our world is supposed to be about. So the very foundation of what makes our world is saying something different than what we experience in our world. It's very counterintuitive. So the trick that I've had in all my books, including the First Souls Trilogy and including Quantum Spirituality, was to get the spiritual message out in both an entertaining but an understandable way. And that that was a... That was a real that was a real trick, a real task. And hopefully I succeeded <laughs> judging from the reviews. 
<laughs> yes, I would say judgment reviews. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, this is a good time to say that if you're listening to us live here, and this is February the 27th, 2024, and uh, it's almost it's about 8.23 p.m. Um, Eastern Time. If you're listening to us live and you want to talk to Peter Kenobi, you have a question about um, anything we've talked about or any of his other books, give us a call, please, 646-716-9922, I've already got texts coming in from people who said they're listening. Um, one is uh, in Chicago. One is in I just said New Mexico. And also, if you can't make a phone call and you want to send me a message on Facebook, either through Madam Perry Salon or Jennifer Perry, let me know. I would be happy to share that with them. So 646-716-9922, definitely let us hear from you. And I'm going to take a short break right now. Peter, give us each a chance to uh, get some more water and uh, play a couple of messages for the sponsor. And we'll be right Great. back with more Peter Canova. <sighs> Ugh, what a day. I just need some me time for once. Yes, perfect. I got the new bath bombs today. Peach and clove, here we come. Mim and the Anvil makes the best-smelling herbal blends of bath bombs. You can order loose or ground herb, added buttermilk, extra large, even ones with hidden gifts inside. There are over 25 essential oil varieties. After today, my body definitely needs some spiritual nourishment and lots of fizz. Her metaphysical blends are soothing in more ways than one. Visit MimAndTheAnvil.com today. Make time for yourself. There are over 100 herbal blends of bath bombs. Keep a healthy body and mind. Feed your soul. Visit MimAndTheAnvil.com today. If you don't make time for yourself, no one else will. So, Chuck, talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks' new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? What? Well, I, I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who gonna coach this team. They don't got no talent on it, and I don't. Man. I don't really feel I talk. That's kind of harsh. I don't feel I talk about the Knicks right Do now. Talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madam Perry Salon, and I think Jennifer Perry, she's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, Rasta, do all the dip comedians. What about people we that could, don't have rings? Here we go. Again. I got real rings. funny, Chuck. Ah, real funny. Ah, 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 ah. But I think she's great, and I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make the laugh come out of nowhere, like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's 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 a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. Ah, Charles, that's such a sweet thing to say. Okay, so this is Jennifer Perry, Madam Perry, back with guest Peter Canova. Wow, um, you know it would take so long to to really learn from you. Peter, what all um, all the questions that I want to ask. And by the way, that also is a good point to say the website is peterconova.com, P-E-T-E-R-C-A-N-O-V-A.com. Can't get any easier than that. 
And if you are, uh, as most listeners tell me that they listen to the show when they're driving or when they're uh, jogging or working out, you can't write it down. I will all share this information on how to get all of Peter's books and to get to his website. And um, and he has uh, even more things going on that I can share with you on all of my social media, not just my social media for Madame Perry Salon, but also uh, any of my personal social media. I'm happy to share so that you can uh, get the books and find out what's happening next or where you can go, where you can hear and see Peter. All right, Peter Canova, here we are. I'm back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, talk about the uh, – oh, and again, this is a good time to call, uh, 646-716-9922. Tell the um, – the first – we were talking about quantum visits, but I'd like to, if you don't mind, revisit a little bit the Lost Souls Trilogy. First Souls Trilogy. Uh, first Souls, mm-hmm. yes, sorry. First Souls Trilogy by Peter Canola. Sure. Um Tell me how that came to be with you and and anything that you can tell us to make sure everybody's well, as drawn in uh, as I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, it happened sort of like this. When I started having all these experiences that I told you about, my mind was very, very focused on spiritual matters. And I happened to be attending a local writers conference, which happened annually where I was living in the Boston area. And I was in a screenwriting class and the teacher said, well, I want you to bring a concept in that nobody's ever done before. Well, that was pretty daunting (laughs) because almost every major work of uh, fiction or movies or whatever is derivative of something else. But, the way my mind kind of actually tracked, I said, well, okay, so what haven't we seen before? Well, we've never seen a female pope. What would a world be like that a female could rise to the papacy? And then what would challenges would she face? And what would the, what would the state of the world be like that would allow something like this to happen? And what, what would that, you know, how would that woman navigate that? So that, that train of thought led me into the whole idea of the first book, Pope Annalisa, which, as as I said, it turned out to be a um, page-turning geopolitical thriller with a very uh, obvious spiritual message to it uh, of a woman who, an African nun, who becomes the first female pope at a time when America and Iran are going into a nuclear war, and she's right in the middle of it. And it, uh, it concerns a lot of present-day uh, issues, even though it was written a little, a little bit ago. It, it concerns a lot of present-day issues, terrorism, uh, feminine, uh, a, a woman trying to negotiate herself through probably the most conservative male world and the entire planet, which is the Vatican, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. a, a yeah. world of old, old, <laughs> old men, old conservative men, and how she negotiates herself through that whole thing. So, you know, it, uh, uh, but it, it really is about the lives of these souls who were the first souls to fall away from the perfect spiritual realm into a lower state of materiality. And it traces their struggle to work their way back up to the state from which they came. And it's really an allegory for all of us. It, it, it's, a, it's the story of, of us, of humanity, and how we came to be and where we're trying to get back to. Wow. Um, I have a question from uh, Jamie. 
and he's mm-hmm. in Vancouver, and he said, okay, I get the idea of in a class, and they said, write about something totally new. And he's so how did you move? Um, how did you get the idea or and the mechanism to make this happen in the story to get an African nun into the Vatican? Well, I was trying to show that spirit, this kind of spirit that causes us to evolve, that moves us forward, can manifest in any form, even the most unlikely. And what's more unlikely than an African woman rising to the papacy in the Vatican? And oh, I wanted to, sh- I, from the from the bat from the you know from the bush country of Africa <laughs> to the throne to the throne of St. Peter's. What's more unlikely than that? And I, I want, I, I, but, but, and, and yet her, and yet her spiritual power literally reshapes this dismal world that she finds herself in. That's on the threshold of nuclear war, rampant terrorism and everything else. And yet this one small woman from Africa moves all of humanity forward in, in evolution and towards peace and towards a better understanding of what it means to be humans. All right. Okay. All right, Jamie, uh, thank you for that question. And did you grow up in a very spiritual household? Not at all. No, that's why a lot of this was surprising. I mean, I grew up in, um, you know, sort of like (laughs) a a tepid Catholic household. Um, And, uh, you know, with, with, you know, with sort of, early on with sort of the beliefs and limitations that came with that, but that wasn't really working for me. And then when I started having these other experiences and I realized there was a whole another dimension of existence out there and I started really delving into it and I found out that the information that we were handed in terms of traditional organized religion was really, had really strayed from the truth. Of, of existence and got filled with the agendas of, of people who had um, certain ways they wanted to control and, you know, manipulate things. Uh, it, 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 you know, this is another reason why I started writing the books that I wrote to show that people have a lot more power and human beings are a lot more important in the scheme of creation than what we were led to believe. And if I want to elaborate that on a second, I I guess the best way I can say it is this. Um, You know, if you look at organized religion, if you look at Christianity, for instance, we were taught that we were these um, separate creations from the creator, like we were, you know, breathed life into the clay of the earth and made us. And, you know, we're kind of like these little wind-up dolls in this lunatic asylum bouncing around here. And, oh, by the way, we ticked God off right from the beginning with original sin, and now we're forever trying to get back into his good graces. So that's a very lowly conception of humanity. Mm -hmm. The Gnostics and, and all the ancient spiritual traditions um, others, you know, including Hinduism and Buddhism, if you look at their core, saying, no, that's not the way it is. We, were, we are actually projections of the very consciousness itself, the force that created the universe and binds it together and everything in it. And we are an integral part of that consciousness, albeit in diluted form, but we are still part of that stream of consciousness 
that had everything to do with the creation. And really, human beings are the bridge between spirit and matter. We're the fingers of God touching the face of the earth. And our purpose is to spiritualize the material and bring the experience of material back to spirit. And that's a much loftier conception of what it means to be human than what we've been taught. Oh, yeah. Wow. That takes... Okay, I'm, I'm taking all that in, um, and right from the beginning of your explanation uh, about how we talked about, you know, Cain's got immediately ticked God off and it's bad. That's why I always thought uh, this, uh, what I grew up in as a Protestant was that um, unless, unless you, whatever, whatever, you're going to be tortured, damnation, hell, whatever, forever and ever. But at least you have yeah. a choice, which to me sounds yeah. like a, an, an abusive relationship is what we would call it, people. You know, somebody. Yeah, goes, that's really you? one of the more uh, that's one of the more more unfortunate aspects of Christianity is that uh, that fire and brimstone, you know, belief, which is so destructive and narrows people's world so much. And it's fear based religion. And people need to be liberated from that whole limiting concept. And hopefully, you know, books like mine and other people out there and the growing, just the growing general consciousness helps people out of that box. Yeah. You had so many, um, say, the first Souls trilogy, Pope Annalisa, the Thirteenth Disciple, and the third book, The Light of Distant Suns, uh, it won the Indie Next Generation Award for Best Book Series, and I believe that was the that was the twenty fifth award the trilogy got. Um, the, tw- no. Yeah, twenty four literary awards, including Best the, Book the, Series. The, the, um, I'm looking at <laughs> all these. Uh, uh, yeah, the book won the book won twenty five uh, national and international book awards and Quantum Spirituality. The, uh, the publisher just entered it into the first book contest, and the results came back about uh, a month ago. They entered Quantum Spirituality into four categories at the American Book Fest uh, Best Book Awards, and it won in all it won first place in all four categories. Wow! <laughs> Say that one more time. I've got to hear that again. Okay, the 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 the, the, the <laughs> most recent book, the nonfiction book, Quantum Spirituality. My publisher entered it into the American Book Fest uh, Best Book Awards, and they entered it in four different categories because all these big book competitions is just not one thing. They you enter it in, in different categories, you know, like spirituality, nonfiction, or whatever. They entered it in four different categories, and it won first place in all four categories. Entered. Oh, sweet. Okay. They were Sorry, happy. Had... <laughs> they were happy. Oh, oh I'm sure. I'm gonna say, listen, I've I've been a long time entertainment publicist. I know the thrill they got. Um and to see this the uh, Eric Hoffer Award, uh Montaigne uh Medal Best Book, uh Indie Excellence, Christian Excellence Award, Reader's Favorite, Indie Extra, everything. Now please tell me that made you feel good. Well, you know, Writing is is a very lonely profession, 
You don't really have anybody standing over your shoulder saying, yeah, that's good. People will like that. In a lot of ways, you're almost writing in a vacuum, and you don't really know until a book gets out there whether people are going to understand it, how it's going to be received, how, how they, you know, what kind of message they grasp in it. So to the extent that it indicated that I communicated and was able to move my audience in an emotional way that got all these reviews. Yes, that, that was, that was gratifying. With such um, an unusual, and as we learned from the fact of the, the writer's course and that it was part of the assignment, um, that it be something that we hadn't heard before. Um, were there people who wanted to uh, – when you show it to people that you knew closer, sometimes uh, did, did anyone say, oh, I don't know about that? I don't know. Peter. Yeah, my mother. Really? <laughs> That's what yeah. It was the first thing I heard what, the first thing I heard from her was, why are you writing a book on religion? No one's going to read that. And, um, I, you know, I, I, was try, I was trying to say, Ma, it's not quite like what you think. But uh, when, when I gave the – when I announced the idea to the teacher of that writing course, she wanted to shop it around Hollywood. And I, I said, no, I don't want to do it that way because if I put my idea out there, someone else can run with it and put it out in a way that I don't want to – I wouldn't want to see it. I said, no, I want to write a book first and protect the whole, the protect the whole intent. So I, I wrote the book. And actually now uh, I'm working – I have two associates out in Hollywood, and we're working on uh, getting the first book, Pope Annalisa, into a TV series. So let's Ooh. keep our fingers crossed. Let's see what happens there. Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, so it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. Sometimes, but the way, uh, but the way this works, the way this works is that uh, w- when the trilogy became successful, not that's that's a fictional trilogy. It's a it's a thriller. Mm-hmm. But I'd had all this research compiled, 35, 40 years of research on spirituality and quantum physics, and I said, well, you know, I don't think I want to let that go to waste. So maybe I should put that into a nonfiction book that's like a. a an instructional book to help people Mm -hmm. have experiences with higher consciousness themselves. So that's how quantum spirituality, the nonfiction book that's that's recently out in the market, which became an Amazon bestseller instantly. um, That's how that came out in the market. Uh, It's just the result of all the research that was the underpinning of the fictional trilogy. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, you've got all, especially after all that work and research, and, and people are going to ask you even more anyway, and you do speak uh, fairly often, and um, let me tell you, if you put, if you put Peter Cronova's name in a search anywhere on YouTube, you're going to find enough to keep you busy for um, this weekend all the way through to the next weekend. Uh, I have a <laughs> message from, uh, uh, oh, this is from... Peter, uh, Peter G, and he's a, a regular listener and has been on the show before. He's an uh, animator and writer in Chicago or outside Chicago, and he says, uh, I have to admit, I find his ideas intriguing. I mean, you know it's up my alley with the Hannah Singer books. I'll have to take a look for the, for the books and give them a spin. His books, the Hannah Singer books he referred to, were in his uh, fiction where uh, a woman who is an atheist dies, goes to heaven, and her job there is to be an attorney for people who 
may be going to hell, and she has to defend them so they won't have to go. So <laughs> that's like, <laughs> well, that's, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I suppose some people are thinking about thinking out there, God, uh, when I die, do I really have to be, be experience more attorneys? <laughs> but <laughs> it's an interesting proposition. <laughs> Excellent. Never even thought of that. Uh, very good. Um, how do people? Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, there's so much. You know, there's so there's so many things to talk to you about. Um, with your book, Quantum Spirituality. Now, I know that you also are quite in demand as a speaker as well as a guest on other shows, uh, radio shows, podcasts, and things. How can people get in touch with you through your website? Yeah, the best way is through um, uh, my website. Uh, you can also contact me through my publicity agent in Los Angeles, which is Steve Allen Media in Los Angeles. But okay. uh, you can get there through my website, which is probably the best way. I also have an author's page uh, and on Facebook. It's Peter Canova Author. Um, I can also be seen on Facebook, and um, I, I, I still tweet uh, from time to time on X. <laughs> Uh, but uh, probably the best way is through my website. Okay, and if anyone forgets, um, I I know and enjoy the folks at Steve Allen Media quite well, and will be happy to pass on any information to Peter. I'm so glad that you could spend some time with us. I really appreciate you being so generous with your time and your stories, and. It has just been an absolute uh, joy, a pleasure to have you here on in Madame Perry Salon. I do hope well, you'll thanks, be Well, thanks for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate it. Sure. That's anytime. an absolute pleasure. Now, I don't know what, uh, you know, usually at this point, this is when if I don't have something else to play for someone, I'll play a song. Uh, and somehow, be okay with you if I play a song uh, right behind you. Uh, it's by uh, Bruce Sedano. I don't know if you know him. Uh, you probably know a lot of his music with the live and kick in and so forth. But uh, he and his uh, late wife wrote this song together. And I don't know. I think it's going to feel it. Uh, it's called Bad Girls. Like Donna sure. Summer. Okay. Oh, All right, Peter, thank she, comes, <laughs> she comes from What's my that? hometown. Really? She comes from my hometown of Boston. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, and I didn't know that. Well, Bruce has also done a rework of this with his new Italian band, so that'll be out soon. So, how? Okay. Well, thank you so much, Peter Canova. Uh, I wish you much, much continued success with the First Souls Trilogy and with Quantum Quantum Spirituality, and hope you'll return soon. Thank you. Thanks very much. Good night. Good night. You say I'm out on the street at night Picking up all kinds of strangers Price is right You can't score if your pocket's tight You want a good time You ask yourself Who they are Like anybody else they come from near and far Bad girls Talking about the sad girls Sad, 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 sad girls 
talking about the bad girl. Now it's Friday night and the strip is high. Sun gone down and they're out to try. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.